This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. We talk a lot about child-focused, child-centred idea of education and that really stems from the understanding of who we are as people. The idea of being grateful, of being kind, of, of understanding who we are on a level which is more than just an academic subject. And my guest today is Susan Hartley, and she's one of the founders of yoginisyoga.uk. And they use that as the starting point for their program to bring yoga and the idea of mindfulness and well-being and all these factors to, to many, many children throughout the UK and, and further afield through their online program and licensing. If you'd like to find out more and continue this conversation, please do go to educationonfire.com where you can sign up to the newsletter, download our top 10 resources, but also get an invitation to our private Facebook group, where there's a wider community, where we continue these conversations about the podcast and really help grow our idea and our sense of how we can support children in our own lives. This is my conversation with Susan Hartley talking about yoga and their programme, yoginisyoga.uk. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm excited to, to have this conversation because yoga is something which I've done on and off in various parts of my life and something which I'm very keen to get back into. There's a, a new practice, actually, which has started in our village, which is I'm really excited to be able to go and take part in as soon as we're able to do so. Um, and also having been involved in schools, obviously doing workshops with my music, actually seeing how mindfulness and actually this whole more awareness, I think, about the well-being of children is just incredibly important. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me along and giving me the opportunity to speak to your listeners. So let's start with a little bit about where are you based? Tell us a bit about the organisation and the sorts of things that you do for teachers and schools. Okay, so we are based uh, in the northwest, Greater Manchester area, or uh, Lancashire. You can probably tell by my accent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, so we're based there, but um, our reach, really, we reach all across the UK and and into Ireland. Uh, We are Yoginis Yoga Training Limited. So basically what we do is we train the educators um, or nursery teachers, nursery practitioners, Uh, sports coaches, uh, NHS physical activity leads, anybody really that has any dealings with children and is interested in their well-being and mental health. Give us a little bit about the backstory. How did you get involved in yoga? Why is it such an integral part of your life? Okay, so I'd been uh, practicing yoga myself, for myself, for a number of years and um, I'd uh, had my children and it was just uh, after my last child um, when I was on maternity and I don't know why but my husband just turned around to me and he just said do you know he said if you want to change your career he said and you want to be anything that you want to be he said you can be that now you can do that now you can make that change now and I was like wow and then somebody dropped a magazine on my lap which was about the uh, Om Yoga show in Manchester which was like the first one ever that was Uh, delivered there and in it was uh, workshops for children's yoga and I thought "Mm, that sounds interesting so I uh, went to went on one of these workshops and I thought 
yeah, I think this is what I can see myself doing. And it just felt like a calling. So that's really just what got the wheels going in motion, really. And uh, then I, I started uh, training with the British Wheel of Yoga because they're the only um, yoga school which is recognised by Sports England. So I felt as though I'd got some kind of quality assurance as to where my training was coming from. And I trained with other um, children's yoga providers. And this is where I met my business partner, Katie. She was on the same diploma training course as myself. And she was also interested in children's yoga. Uh, little did we know that a bit later down the line, we'd come together and we'd come up with the programme uh, that we've got now. Uh, because what we found was it was it's difficult to upskill um, anybody who hasn't got a knowledge of yoga or maybe an even an interest in yoga um, with the courses, the training courses that are out there now to deliver children's yoga. So we thought we needed to come up with something different. So that's what our programme is. It's it's very unique and we know that it, nobody else uh, is teaching it this way. Um, it's based on routine and structure and also uh, the way children learn. So we listen very carefully to what educators and uh, nursery practitioners and consultants had to say about child development uh, and the uh, and the way that uh, children take in information and things like that. And then we looked at latest research in neuroscience and biomechanics, looking at uh, the, the brain and how that is in childhood and how it develops going through adolescence and things like that. And then we said, right, okay, so we need to come up with a a program that's very simple that doesn't have any planning because teachers just haven't got the time for that because to Katie and myself we see what we have and we see how it's benefited ourselves our own children our friends who come to us uh, and say have you got any tips have you got any advice can you help the child with this blah 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 and we see that evidence before us and we thought we've just got to share this and then as we started to deliver this ourselves it just became more in demand and so therefore we thought we haven't got the capacity to be able to do this so it all kind of sprung from this need really of people wanting what we had and so we came up like I say with our unique program and we thought well how can we show schools and other organizations that this is um, safe and that it's okay so we went with the Children's Activity Association they kind of lobby parliament for a lot of things to do with children for activities that are safe a lot of larger organizations are with them like swimming babies rugger tops little kickers little voices baby ballet all those kind of major organizations are also accredited through them so we thought well if we go with this organization and get our courses externally verified by them then we know that we're we're industry compliant and when we go into um, organizations we can say look you know we are accountable to these people to make sure that whatever we're uh, training or delivering is safe for children so we, we we went with those and then we had our courses cpd very uh, certified so that people can have that quality assurance that when they're paying for any training you know it's quality training that they're receiving and so we've we're in uh Roughly, I think the last count we did, which was, uh, it might have been about six or eight months ago, we're in a, about roughly about 160 schools and growing. Uh, obviously, it's come to a bit of a standstill with COVID yes. um, in the sense where, you know, um, maybe sports coaches uh, can't, they, they have 
they had such a massive demand for it, you know, so they've actually really expanded where uh, that wider field, if you like, of, of, of reach. Um, but obviously that's a bit limited for them at the moment. But, you know, our programmes have been delivered to 50,000 children and growing, which is what has been our thing, because part of our programme is, is that the children own that practice and it becomes theirs. It becomes part of them and who they are. So... Uh, it's not just uh, like you're not just teaching them like yoga or physical exercise, which, you know, we sort of talk about as being your physical well-being, the yoga side of it. Um, and the and the mindfulness, we talk about that as being your mental and your emotional health. So it's kind of twofold. So so they're not just getting this physical benefit of be, feeling healthy and having a better posture, being able to breathe better so more oxygenated blood going into the body so the organs are healthier and it's not just that physical side but it's also this emotional and mental health because we're teaching them tools and techniques like you touched on it earlier yourself about mindfulness about how uh, it helps them to um, respond rather than react and the earlier these children get these tools the better it is because we know through some uh, reports that young minds have, have done, that one in five adults are diagnosed with a mental health disorder and one in ten children are diagnosed with a mental health disorder. So that can equate to roughly three children in every classroom. And 50% of all these mental health problems, they manifest themselves by the age of 14. And they also report on the impact on mental health in childhood has on in adulthood and one in three adult mental health conditions relate directly to adverse childhood experiences so we might think it's not important to teach our children these tools yet because they're a bit young but actually this is the prime time to teach the children these things and these tools and techniques and uh, because this is your your prevention rather than cure so if we can build these into the children in a very fun uh, way and we know that uh, being physically active and learning go really well together for brain development and connecting those synapses and embedding those things if we can do that then these kids are kind of like set up for life if you like and obviously they'll still have to choose whether they want to use those tools and techniques but they've already they're there they've got them and they can't shake them off if you like yeah i mean and, and i think it's so incredibly important because <clears throat> what we want is we want children to be aware as much as anything don't you like to say you know be aware of your body be aware of movement be aware of how of mind chatter be aware that all these things they're not just are that you have an influence personally on on how you respond to those things obviously if you move more then that has a physical um a physical result and if you like you say even just the uh, the breathing and the oxygen and, and just understanding how these things are and i think you know that's essentially what we need first you know it's fuel it's understanding it's you know and then the sort of the academic learning as it were is 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 something which then can just be expanded as your life expands as well and i think it absolutely should be an integral part of everything that goes on and i, I had a question of you about when you're um teaching teachers and people going in to deliver these things 
certainly I understood from when I was doing music sessions like this is that because it's something that teachers sometimes are completely unsure of or it's not been in their their experience in the past they can be quite wary about it um, and what I really loved was as you started to say about the fact that if you're coming to it from a, a sort of a child understanding kind of way do they sort of find that relationship in that way of teaching much more supportive than kind of I need to learn an entirely new world that I know nothing about Yes, yes. And that's why we've approached it the way that we have, because they don't have to know anything. I mean, obviously, in, in the training itself, we do explain all about our programme and why it's delivered and, and structured this particular way. Um, and that's why we also keep to a very similar routine. So even though teachers uh, build up through the levels, the knowledge, and they're constantly maintaining that skill throughout um, the time that they are delivering this and the part of the membership. Um, it's it's because it's a child-led sort of activity, and it's very simple and easy to do. It, it doesn't. It's not like yoga as people would consider it to be. Uh, so we did consider at the beginning whether we should call it that, but we thought, actually, no, why not? Because that's really what it is. We've just made it sort of child-friendly. So because it's it's that approach, if you like, the teachers probably won't actually feel the delivering yoga. Mm-hmm. It, to them, it'll just be, I don't know what's, what the word, but, you know, another activity, really. Yeah, just yeah. A, a, another activity that, that, that they're delivering. Um, but all these things are interwoven in it which we do obviously explain through the the training as we go along but not in a very heavy way but just to explain where these ideas have come from that we've come up with and why we're using that particular way of doing something Um, because if you look at a lot of other therapies like cognitive therapy a lot of those are yoga-based exercises Um, if you look if you go to uh, a professional to be treated for your anxiety a lot of those techniques that they will use we can you know take you back to the you know the yoga scriptures if you like to call them that way and um and you will see that they've been there for thousands of years so a lot of uh, med- medical organizations have taken a lot of the yoga exercises and techniques and tools and they just put them under a different name and they've just integrated them into their programs so really that's all we've done we've just got all those tools and techniques and then we've looked at you know how what what methods teachers use um uh, in, in lots of different ways and we've put a combination of those things together and brought brought this program and that's why we can say nobody else is is um training teachers this way so someone that um come comes across you i mean in this in this particular case having heard you talking on this particular podcast where do they go what do they then see and then talk us a little bit through how it works you know they have to sign up um how the levels work the sorts of things that you you talk about and you train with just sort of take us through that process right okay so we have a website. They can go to our website and they can learn more about us there. So there's lots of things on the website. We do have some free resources. Uh, we have um, explanations about what our course structure is about. And we have some blogs. And there's also 
uh, if you wanted to find out a little bit more about me and Katie and things like that, there's some more information. So there's lots of things they can learn there and then they can um, inquire and they will receive some more information. But basically how our program works is it's a licensed product. So the reason why it's licensed, because one of the requirements for us to be able to be sort of accredited through the Children's Activity Association was, well, how do you keep tabs on your coaches? Uh, how do you know that they are delivering this still in a, in a safe way? So that's why we actually came up with the online program, because we needed a platform where coaches could come in and through this platform, we know uh, what resources they've taken. We know this is where they pick up the CPD. This is where they can receive support from us. Um, this is where they get the training manual. This is where they get all other resources uh, that they need to be able to um, deliver the activity. And through that, we can monitor that. So we know everything really that a coach uh, does. Um, and that's uh, why we, we, you know, so we had to have this platform. So that's why we took it online. And this is our licensed product. And this is like a membership is what we call it. And this is where they get the CPD updates throughout the years to maintain that skill. So they get all of that through our licensed product. And also because we want to keep it to its purest form, if we can, uh, we don't want to deviate from that because we know that it's successful as it is. Um, and that's one way of monitoring that. Uh, and we do sometimes get, you know, teachers saying, oh, can we do it this? Can we do that? And we'll say no, because there are a lot of things, you know, what, what we're dealing with here, we're dealing with people's well-being, mental and emotional health and well-being. And unless you actually know uh, the reason behind some of the things that you're doing or the exercises or you have that experience to know sometimes that can create a reaction you know from from the children that you might not be prepared for so knowledge really and understanding of what you're doing is key and following the program is so that you're getting the, the right results if you like so that's the idea of the hive, the license of, of the platform, and they can go there and they can get all those things. This is where they give us feedback on there as well. There's um, a, a progress tracker. So if you wanted to demonstrate our evidence, you know, what benefits this has been for the children, um, how they've progressed, you know, because we do know that that sometimes has to be a key for some uh, schools you know in order to justify spending the money on the training yeah absolutely. so there's yeah so there's, there's all these things uh there and the, and then this is where they become um they constantly be upskilled so they start off with this level one and then as they become more confident in in that area and and the program and the structure and its routine then they can start to add to that um and, and they add to that level and they can keep adding to it and then once they um, have got all all the levels, then they be, they're then they're more confident then in being able to mix and match and be able to tailor the sessions more then for the children that they're teaching. Uh, and then over time, that will just become a natural process to them. And do you find <clears throat> that schools um, have a, all of their teachers taking part in the programme so they can deliver it to their class um, or do you find there's one teacher that sort of takes the lead and then becomes 
like the the person that delivers it for everybody what, what's the kind of experience that you've had in that regard it varies it varies so some schools will say yes we um you know we want this right from our early years because obviously uh, it's great to start them there because then as they come through school it's like a whole school approach and it's that consistency of you know so by the time then they're going off to be teenagers they've got all they've had all that time to perfect these skills and techniques if you like and embed them in them so some schools really take it on board and they'll have everybody you know uh, to do that and then there'll be others who'll say you know we're quite happy to just have uh, two or three teachers to take these sessions um, you know maybe it's like if they're a TA and they normally do PPA they might say right well we'll do the, the yoga sessions you know in the hall for the different classes there's lots of varieties of ways sometimes it's just PE leads they're, they're the ones who take it up and they might deliver that as PE or before after school clubs uh, lunchtime anything like that really yes and then this is why we train sports coaches because you have some schools who say, well, I don't really want my staff to be taken away from anything uh, to do that. So we're quite happy to get a sports uh, company in to come in and deliver that throughout the school day. So, yeah, there's many different ways. But, if you know, if the school did decide to do uh, this, it does demonstrate to Ofsted correct use of sports premium because you are upskilling the staff and it and it is a maintain it's maintained as well yeah and i think like you said the the the, the benefit having it is a, a culture within your school is really is really something to celebrate isn't it because it just it means that it's all embedded in, and if we're talking about a child first centered education then then that's that's an amazing way of doing it because you're talking about as we said all those attributes that you have from from yoga and all the ways that children benefit from that so yeah it's great to hear that there are so many different outlets and so many different ways for for people to make the most of it just just, um um tell us the name of your website again um just first of all so that people can can check that out and remember so i'll it's www.yoginis which is spelled y-o-g-i-n-i-s yoga UK. Fantastic. And we'll have all these things on the show notes as well so people can click through. But I just want to make sure that people know exactly where they can go to to get all that great information. So let's talk a little bit now about your education experiences, both both from having gone into schools, I guess, to, to develop these things, but also in terms of actually being a student in school. Is there anything which had a big impact on you or um, a teacher that actually, you know, made you suddenly think, oh, there's more to this than just being at school? What was your experience in that regard? Oh, yes, I had um, it's secondary school for me. Um, when I first went to um, secondary school, or high school, I think they call it now, don't they? I'm um, showing my age. <laughs> and um, there was a, a teacher there, which I didn't discover till uh, my own children were going back to that school, that he was 22 uh, when he came to teach me. And it was his first time, you know, uh, at a school. And we had a joke about it. And I said, oh, have you always looked that old? Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they when you're young, everybody just looks really old. Absolutely. doesn't matter how old they are, yeah. you, know, you know. And um, yes, and he was such an inspiration to me. He was like a breath of fresh air as a teacher. He, he just made you feel special. He made you feel valued. And he made you feel understood, which as a teenager, you know, 
uh, a lot of the time you don't feel adults do that. And he uh, was brilliant at being able to see that special thing within each child and to get down onto your level and have, um, you know, a, a really good chat with you. And he was brilliant because you could go to him with any of your problems or just a chat if you were upset. But he also spotted things in people that he didn't think something was quite right. He was very observant that way. And he he got me involved in drama at school and because I was very good at doing um, impressions. And I used to... Um, impersonate a lot of the teachers and uh, he he got me into uh, in, involved in drama and doing plays and he even encouraged me and uh, hooked me up with a drama school outside of school and things like that and that really sort of gave me a lot of confidence and it yeah and it, and it showed me that it, it didn't matter um, you know who you are or what what you were good at or whatever is but you you could always be whatever it is that you wanted to be and that's that's what he he taught me he was such an inspiration inspiration yeah um it's, it's interesting just before we started recording we were talking about uh, re- relationships and meeting with friends and, and all of that kind of that kind of thing and i think it's really interesting what you said there about the fact that some teachers just see you they understand you they relate to you on a personal level and it's that that makes the the biggest impact it's not how well they taught history or geography or maths or whatever it's that that comes from the fact that you're engaged as I think two human beings albeit one a teacher and one a pupil but I think I hear that quite a lot now and I just think that's a really important factor that if especially if you're a, um, a child listening it's that kind of when you feel like someone sees you and takes you for who you are because everyone's obviously very different but i think that just enables you to then think ah okay this is what this is something i can actually understand and connect with um and i guess sort of going full circle i think when yoga's and is is a way of being connected with yourself so that you'd actually then also be able to uh, understand that a little bit as well yeah c- uh, connecting uh, as human beings that's part of their nature to, to connect with one another and feel like we belong uh, and I, and I don't think whether you're an adult or a child you know that that is what everybody wants to feel and and unless they feel that they're not normally that happy you know what I mean that's where our happiness kind of comes from it comes from that connection uh, and you know even people you know who uh, look at mental health issues and things like that that's what a lot of they'll say is what kind of good mental health is really it's that ability to make friends and form relationships and maintain them and like you're saying that's what people often remember isn't it from school and uh, and the people they meet it's those connections uh, and and like myself I just think as well I've got um, friends that I'm still in touch with and we still meet up and we still go out and, and enjoy and do things together and they were in my infant school so We've been friends since we were five years old mm. and we're still friends now and, and, and connecting. So connection, I think, is is really important. And that all comes down to, you know, how, how you feel emotionally and mentally about yourself as well. Yeah. And what was the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Right. I, oh, well, I was thinking about that and I was thinking, I don't want it to be anything that my mother said. I don't want it to have that <laughs> credit. You know what I mean? I was thinking that. So then I thought, 
oh, what was it? And then I just thought, well, if I'm if I'm completely honest, um, it's trust your gut, trust your gut feeling and your gut reaction to something. That is the one thing that I have learned my entire life, whether it's about developing friendships, um, relationships, being in work, um, you know, business transactions or collaborations or anything like that, uh, or even just being in a place and suddenly thinking to yourself, do you know what? Don't know what it is, but it just doesn't feel right here. I felt trust, trust that intuition. Uh, and I do feel that a lot of people today don't know how to do that because so many risk factors in life have been taken away from us uh, to protect us, which is not a bad thing. But sometimes we just become so out of tune with trusting our intuition, but actually it becomes more risky for us. Life can become more risky and we can get ourselves into more trouble. So trusting your your gut and the... Um, and the person that taught me that was life itself. Because mm. um, I don't know about you, but sometimes you just go away and go, why did I not listen to myself? Yeah, absolutely. You kind of, you, you sort of knew it all along, but you yeah. just, you know, it was that kind of, no, but it can't be, no, but it can't be. And I think, I think part of that comes from what we learn as we're growing up now. Everything is so kind of result orientated, isn't it? You know, yes. I, I do this to achieve this, or I get this mark out of this, or in order to do this, I have to do this. And and having that intuition based starting point just doesn't fit into that. And I think it, it's only by understanding it talking about it which is why I love having these conversations that people start to go yes I know that I you know I've been hearing myself thinking that or being part of that and there are other people who are doing the same and um and and that's why as we said sort of earlier in the in the conversation having having things like yoga having things like the understanding of well-being at the heart of a school is something which is integral to what we're teaching children just enables them to go yes this is who I am and I understand who I am um and and then it just gives you what you need then to then grow into the life that you are you are here to live and that's um that is different for everybody and I think only you actually know what that is even as many parents may decide that's different but (laughs) yeah yeah that's really interesting point isn't it yeah and it's body awareness you see that's really what it is it's body awareness and in a in the society that we live in today we're not um encouraged to look inwards and and to see how we feel and what we think we're we're kind of um told to grasp outwardly so in other words like if you you know it's like oh this will make me happy oh that will make me slimmer oh uh that will help me with this oh that will help me with that oh i'll take one of those and that will make me think oh if i drink that that'd be better rather than internalizing and thinking actually no what is it what is it my body is asking for what is it that my body is saying it needs? And the more you begin to listen to your body, the more you become in tune with it. And that's how you become to understand your intuition. And you know, because you know what feels right and what doesn't. Uh, and that, and it leads on to all other things. So like, for instance, you know, like getting to understand your body and how it works and what it, how it functions and how it reacts to things. So it could just be something as simple as just becoming mindfully aware of, what you eat and when you eat and how does that affect your body 
And so for somebody who might say, oh, I've been struggling with my weight or I'm not as fit as I'd like, I might look okay, but I'm not as fit as I like. And instead of looking outwards for those answers and, and to get results, try just looking inwards and becoming more mindful of those things. And you'll actually find that the answers are there all the time. Uh, just an example I, I give of that, just maybe to help people understand that a little yeah, bit better do. is, yeah, yeah it, it's like my children. So, I, you know, it's eating habits and they're called habits because that's basically what they are. So uh, you in inherit those habits from your parents because they set what you eat when you're younger. So that is then your habit. So um, if you have these good habits that you give your children, making good healthy food choices and, and eating, when they then start going out and you have no control over them, what they're going to be eating because they're out with their friends and they've got their own money and they're purchasing their own things, you can only hope then what you have instilled in them is habits or eating habits will have an impact. But you see, the body, it remembers those things and it knows what it's li it likes and what it doesn't. And it knows when you've overindulged and when you haven't. And if, if you're in tune with your body, you will it'll instantly send an alert to say, right, that's enough now. And my children will say that. I'll say, oh, have you had a good day? You've gone out. Oh, yeah, we went here. I said, what did you do? You know, they go, oh, mum, couldn't eat it. Uh, I just said to them, I'm sorry, I can't eat here. I'll just go and get something from somewhere else. It's just said, I just couldn't put that in my body. And I thought, oh, yeah, it does work. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so it's this. So they have they have a body awareness and they know sort of like when you go somewhere like to a, a party, and people saying, oh, hey, I've been something, and they go, oh, no, thanks, I'm okay, I've had enough. You know, and I just think it's nice to be able to think that um, you know that about yourself because so many of us just don't know when we've had enough of something or or um, or when it's too late and then we're paying a price for having too much, whatever that may be. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I always think back, well, there are two things that cross my mind. One is the... I can't remember the name of the TV show now, but they sort of had a group of children that were basically living on their own for a week or so. And um, and they had to cook for themselves and all of that. And so for the first few days, they just all ate pizza and did whatever. But it didn't take very long for them to think, actually, I need something else, whether it was some fruits or some vegetables or something that actually, once you get over the fact that, oh, you can have everything and anything that you like you start to think, actually, do I really want more of this? You know, there's only so much sweet stuff that you can have and your body really does react in a in, in, a, in a bad way when that's the case. And I think sometimes that, it, it, you know, like I say, you do know um, when, when you really take a look at that. And, and the other thing is, is I remember when our children were very small, was taking that kind of more global look at what they're eating as well. I mean, I'm sort of talking when they're first starting to explore food and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of, what do they eat over a week? Because today they seem to just eat carbohydrate and the next day they just seem to eat protein and then the next day it was a sort of a fruit fest or whatever. And you think, oh, yeah. I'm trying to give them a balanced diet. And it was only when I was sort of understood and people started saying, but, you know, what do they eat over the course of a week? And it's that kind of, they've had a really balanced range of things. Um, and they do know because, what you know, at that age, it's they'll eat it or they won't. You know, you have very little control over that. They know exactly what they need and it seems to work out. And I think the more we can support children, like as we've been talking about, to understand what it is that they need as they get older, rather than doing what they think they have to do because someone's telling them, 
but having that understanding and that knowledge of good practice and good habits also with like you said that intuition of kind of but actually I don't want that today for whatever reason that happens to be and I think all of these skills together they're, they're so integral to like you say that is essentially well-being and health and all of those things because you you know that you've got your best interests at heart yes and uh, and we kind of teach the kids that way as well uh, how we explain like body awareness to the children is like about being kind kind to yourself kind to yourself and kind to others and and that's really what that's about what you're saying is actually no that's not what I need this is what I need and if I'm not gonna have that just because I should or it's available or whatever I'm I'm gonna show myself kindness and I'm gonna give myself what it needs and it's it's okay to be that and that's kind of like an ethos thing that we have in our uh, training and in our program and it's something that we encourage people to take up even if they've not um got you know they're not doing our training or anything like that our part of our mission is is to spread kindness you know uh and not just kindness towards others but kindness towards yourself and when you think about what that word means you know about being kind to yourself it's about you know making sure that physically you're okay mentally you're okay emotionally you're okay you know all those things it's just it's just sort of uh all brought together through just being kind to yourself and then once we can start being kind to ourselves that way then we can start being kind to others because you know we see that need in them and we um you know and we see how that has affected us so therefore then we want them to have that that same thing and when we do that you know kindness becomes a bit contagious then and not only that kindness also has the power to transform and and, we, and if we spread kindness then that's how we can bring about change yeah i absolutely love that and i think i think one thing you touched on there i think is some people do struggle with sometimes is the fact that in order for you to be able to give to other people you need to fill yourself up first and i think that filling yourself up with kindness and understanding and all of that like you say then becomes contagious because you're then able to give that out and i think sometimes people think it's always about giving to other people but i think you do need to have that self-centered idea of what that involves for you first and then you have all the ability in the world then to share it yes and you know showing kindness to others as well you know like to yourself and to others but it you know when you it's not just a simple act in its in itself but it just releases um you know the happy hormones as well you know so um, that's why we say the secret to uh, happiness is spreading kindness you mm. know so if we want to be happy one of the ways to do that is to be kind and another um verse really i don't i don't know i don't know who actually said this but it's something that i picked up and i, I always say this uh, to the kids and especially teenagers because uh, beauty you know being beautiful is is something that's just hammered into them all the time isn't it through the media mm. look like this be that you know and I always say to them I always ask them this question I say if you want to be the most beautiful person in the world what do you think it is that you have to you have to do and they are, they're all like oh you know they come out with all kinds of things and I just say the answer to that is to be kind that's what makes you the most beautiful person in the world and I just and then I just get them to think I say you know you just think about people who are really, really kind, who you just, you just feel drawn to and you just think, I really love that person. And then compare them with those people who you think or you thought was beautiful, you know, these TV celebrities or people like that. I say that, that you're 
saying, oh, look like this or, oh, or do you have this and look like that? I said, you know, when you compare them, you know, that's a different kind of beauty, but that's the person really you're drawn to. You're drawn to that kind person. So if you want to be the most beautiful person in the world, the best thing you can be is kind. Yeah, love that. And just to finish off, is there a, a podcast, a book, a film, a song, or, or anything which any kind of resource which has had a real big impact on your life? Do you know what? Have you got a list as long as your arm? I was because... going to say we can extend it to a part two. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm constantly on self development all the time, um, reading books about um, the mind, um, about energy. I've been reading a lot about um, the power of um, energy and how we can. Uh, work that in our bodies to heal ourselves so there's there's constantly reading and listening uh, to books uh, sorry not to books listen, listening to uh, interviews or uh, TED talks or other people's webinars or videos and uh, always reading books and I'm one of these as well I have about uh, three books on the go at the same time so I pick one up and I'll read that and I think all right okay that's got a bit heavy for now I'll just put that down I start another one and then and then I start making the connections between the books saying oh actually that person's actually collaborating on that thought with that so then that sends me off to somewhere else Mm -hmm. and I start looking more into that so I couldn't actually pin it down to any particular thing because um, I just have so many things on the go but I always say that uh, uh, knowledge is power you know but not knowledge of of knowing things but uh, know about the world you know I feel a bit like a child you know curious being curious I think about lots of different uh, ways that people interpret things like saying um, about healing uh, through you know getting the body to heal itself what does that mean exactly so that got me off going on to that and then somebody else saying about the the subconscious mind and how you can um, change those belief patterns that weren't really yours because they were your parent. And this is where I am, you see. I'm, uh, uh, it's not that I've got monkey brain where I'm bouncing from one thing to the other, but I'm just so curious about the body uh, and the ma- the brain, the mind, how it's all connected, uh, how these things all work together that I- I've just got, yeah, loads. Yeah, well, what a great thing. I mean, I think inquiry of life and, and, and all of that together, I mean, is a... Is a, is a gift in itself and I think exactly wherever you find that and and a little bit like you said before about the fact that a lot of these things have been around for a long time and you start to find bits and pieces in different books or different conversations and it all starts to come back to the the essence of what we are which I, I think is, is a great way for us to finish off because it really kind of sort of brings all that back into focus so just leave us with your website again so people know exactly where to to go and have a look and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, so our website is www.yoginisyoga.uk and yoginis is spelled Y-O-G-I-N-I-S. Fantastic. Well, Susan, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with us today and I, I look forward to having a chat again soon. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire. I'd like to thank the National Association for Primary Education for their continued support and sponsorship of this show. 
NEPA currently supporting teachers by producing fortnightly videos which cover themes like art, school trips and literacy. Also, they are giving away e-copies of their professionally produced journal, Primary First. To find out more about the association, please go to nape.org.uk. That's n-a-p-e.org.uk.